With the goal of improving environmental stewardship and economic resilience, innovators are employing new solutions to address the challenges of municipal waste management. At the forefront of concepts being explored is the circular economy model. Hello, I'm your host, Paul Thies, and in this episode of If Win, we explored how a circular economic model can be deployed to address opportunities to advance the circular economy in the waste management sector with guests Eric Otto, Environmental Engineering Program Manager, Western Placer Waste Management Authority, and Janet Goodrich, Waste Solutions Global Technology Leader at Jacobs. Eric and Janet, it is great to be talking with both of you today about the circular economy, particularly in the context of waste management. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to diving into this topic and learning more. So thank you both so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Janet, let me start off with you just so we can kind of set the table for the folks playing at home. Can you describe what is meant by the term circular economy, how it is relevant to waste management, and how it factors into the work you do for Jacobs? Yeah, thanks, Paul. It's a great question. It's really been exciting to watch the transition of the thoughts around circular economy versus linear. So we've been under a linear economy all of our lives where we extract raw materials, we make products, we consume them, and then we throw away things at the end. And what the circular economy is about is re-envisioning that so that we maximize the, the materials life cycle. We keep things in the product in the life cycle of use for as long as possible. So all raw materials, whether they're something we take out of the earth or whether they're water or something even that we produce from that. And it's exciting because waste management, we have the opportunity to be at the forefront in that and help convert things that we already use into feedstocks for the new economy. Plus we also have the opportunity to be that piece in the chain that takes and gives the space for local governments and citizens to engage and think about their products and what they use. So it's it's a great time to be in this business. And I know Eric uh, and I both talked about this quite a bit. It's really exciting. It's such a different framework for us. And it's great to think about going from designing landfills and you know just end of life all the time to thinking of waste as part of that circular economy. Yeah. And I've got to imagine, I mean, it's kind of be revolutionary for like waste management, the waste management sector, and really just disruptive, but, you know, in a good way, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what, you know, what you do and, and how you, uh, you mitigate and remediate uh, waste. So now, Eric, let me ask you, you know, in the, from where you sit, you know, what steps have you taken to connect the waste management you perform with circular economy creation? And where do you see that going? Yeah, well, our agency, the Western Placer Waste Management Authority, has really put, you know, its cards on the table here, and we're establishing a space to to foster the siting and development of public-private partnerships with emerging and already established technologies that can take the materials that we recover from the waste stream as an input to their processes. And to add on to what Janet was mentioning, is it it really does shift the dynamic here from being a waste management operation to a resource management operation, Mm -hmm. realizing that there's an enormous amount of value uh, in the products that are in the waste stream that heretofore have not had a ready marketable value. And we want to change that dynamic. You know, our agency is is really setting the stage to foster the development and siting of these technologies, 
but we're also working with Sacramento State and the Carlson Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship to effectively deepen our bench and help us find and mentor these these, uh, new industries and bring them to us because we we learned that we cannot just establish a space and wait for them to come to us. We need to go out and find these entrepreneurs, these industries, these technologies, and help them come to us. Mm, that's interesting, you know. And I've, I've got to think that it's it's there's got to be like a, an, a part of the word ecosystem out there, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's collaborative, where it's not just that you at the end of end of a product cycle, you know, like Janet was saying, the linear you know waste management, but that earlier in the chain, producers are like changing how they produce things to give them longer life or they're using, they're reusing resources and finding ways. So then it's got to change, I guess, the volume of what you're dealing with. But what do you think, Eric, is the most significant thing that needs to happen to connect waste management to resource efficiency and the circular economy? Well, Paul, I think you touched on a big one right there is simply market demand and market acceptance for these materials. And to the degree that virgin materials are cheaper or somehow have the you know, vision that they're a better product mm-hmm. is that it's going to be hard to change that model. But I think once you know, folks realize and industries realize that you know, these products can be put out on the market and be just as good, if not better than virgin products. And by really establishing a strong circular economy model, you work with those end users to provide the product that they need. So we had the ability to, to pull out materials and meet the spec for the next entity to create them to a product that meets the subsequent spec. Mm-hmm. And so it, they no longer have to rely simply on virgin materials thinking that they're better than, than a reused material. So that's a big one is simply market acknowledgement and demand for these products. Second is streamlined permitting. And sitting here in California where permitting is the, you know, the elephant in the room, we really need the regulatory agencies to realize that if we're going to move the needle mm-hmm. on waste and resource management, they need to be a part of this discussion as well as how do we get these industries on the ground and working without a whole lot of red tape. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you know, like anything else, it comes down to money. We need private capital investment. I don't think we can rely on, on government alone to pony up the money here. And I think that there's plenty of industries out there and, and entrepreneurs that want to put, you know, capital into these types of long range visionary changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you're seeing that with a greater emphasis on ESG, you know, from coming from like the investor community, for instance, that, that they're going to kind of mandate that companies put their money where their mouth is. Right. And so that, and then also you couple with that with innovations, right? And resource management, you know, there's a better way to produce something with less waste. And then down the chain, is there's less waste for you to have to, to deal with. So now, Janet, let me ask you, you know, kind of touching on that and, and segue to, to what Eric was saying, you know, what opportunities do you see for cross-collaboration between industry, uh, academia, and the waste sector, private and public? Uh, to combine and accelerate the circular economy? Paul, that's a really great question. Um, Eric touched on it a little bit that his agency is already working with, for example, an academic group locally that is then pulling back to the city of Phoenix Risen Network, which is a great example 
We also, Jacobs, have had the fortunate ability to be involved with a few others globally, like the Guam Zero Waste Program and this uh, circular economy work in uh, Scotland, where we're able to help create that connection between industry, academics, um, as well as consulting. And then, like Eric mentioned, regulatory, too, is super important. I think one of the main drivers that's getting everybody to the table right now that, that is pretty new is, you know, in addition to ESG forcing it from the top down, there is also a global shortage in the supply chain. Mm-hmm. And it is just going to get worse as economies blossom throughout the world and people want products. And if we stay with the take, make, dispose economy, we don't have enough earth resources to create the products. And those those innovators, those industries that are out there in the lead right now realize that. And they're, they're starting to figure out how can they partner with people like Western Placer Waste Management Authority to get materials. But that connection is hard. It's not something that exists right now, as Eric said. So his agency is trying to find ways to to make the connections. I think we in the consulting world have the opportunity to make connections. And that's just what we've been doing with Eric is helping him find people to talk to. But there's a lot more to do. Mm-hmm. So, so Janet, are you seeing like, you know, from your standpoint, are, are people reaching across and sharing best practices from communities? So maybe there's another community that's mm-hmm. talking with Eric or well, what are you doing? Well, this is what we're doing. And they're kind of learning from each other. Would you, is that a fair characterization? It's starting. It's not as mature as we would like, but that's what happened with Eric and Western Placer is we reached out to the city of Phoenix and Mm -hmm. talked to them about what they were doing. Now, Eric already had a great vision for this prior to that, but learning from what's worked for them has been a great benefit to this project. Now, Eric, what's next for Western Placer Waste Management Authority in terms of building upon the success you've achieved thus far with a circular economic model? Well, I think the big step in Jacobs has really helped us get to this point is conduct an EIR and master planning exercise to help streamline the process for getting these private industries to be able to site next to us. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, part of this is really streamlining the, the red tape to make mm-hmm. it easy and, you know, to, to use an overused term, a shovel-ready environment mm-hmm. for sites to come in and establish their, their industry. We also realize that a lot of these are emerging ideas and emerging technologies, and maybe they're not ready for prime time commercial scale yet. Mm. So we've also set up a structure where we're going to provide a landing spot for pilot technologies Mm. and pilot projects and allow these entrepreneurs to test out their ideas in essentially a real life lab. Mm. We have the infrastructure, we had the space, we had the materials and give them the chance to, to prove out their technologies and see if it can make you know, sense on a commercial scale. I think that's going to be really crucial to, to making this whole thing work is to have viable technologies and viable industries so that it isn't just a pipe dream. And so we already have a, an existing pilot study here on site. We're getting calls constantly from different entities that are interested in in starting t- um, pilot studies and pilot technologies with us. And I think that that's where things are going to move over the next couple of years is, is get a couple of these early successes under our belt. And that's going to drive more notoriety and acknowledgement across the, you know, the entire sector here and drawing more interest to our site. No, that's, that's great. I mean, you literally are providing testing ground 
like literally that, you know, these innovators can come in and try out their ideas and, you know, put them into practice and see how they'll work. And, and I just love that, that you're, you're thinking too about the scalability and then being able to share it out to others, you know, like in the waste management sector. Janet, what best practices would you say that other organizations might learn from the partnership experience between Jacobs and Western Placer Waste Management Authority? I feel like there are really three main categories that have worked well for us as a group. And I'd love Eric's opinion on these two, but um, the first one is that Eric is really, I'll have to give him a lot of credit for Eric has held this vision for a long time and he has kept it alive. Even when the market didn't really quite know what he was talking about yet. And his agency didn't quite know what he was talking about yet. But once he got that vision and then when we came on board to help him implement it, we we've been aligned and we stay aligned pep talk each other when we need to, we get out and talk about the project in different places because we both, and Jacobs and Western Plaster, we agree. This is a really important project for our region, for our economy. Then we've gone together to carry the message in our right spaces to the elected officials. So staying on that passion, you know, but really then at the same time, keeping the pulse where it needs to be too, because we need to understand where our communities are willing to go right now and to help them achieve that while keeping the big vision in mind. And then a third place that I I think has been a best practice here is that not being afraid to bring up things that might be lightning rods for (laughs) criticism or they're new, you know, just new ideas. They're, They're places that we aren't going right now. And I think that's been key to the success of this project because as Eric, and then as we've been helping him do that, bring these things up, There have been a number of people that we haven't expected even that have caught these ideas and are really helping us take them out to the community, to the stakeholders, because they believe in the vision of this project. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and it's having the courage of your vision and the courage of, you know, being an innovator when people don't see just Mm -hmm. yet what you see, but being willing to stick with it. And, you know, Eric, let me ask you, you know, kind of the, the flip side you know, she mentioned that you, you've had this vision for a long time. You know, what would you say, just kind of in the same vein, you know, some of the best practices from that partnership with Jacobs that, that you've picked up along the way that you might impart that other community, you know, organizations, entrepreneurs, whatnot might benefit from? Well, I, I think Janet hit it right on the head. I mean, it's, you know, from the get-go, we've been very fortunate in that our vision has been aligned and it's it's really been, what is that end goal? What do we see is what we're trying to achieve in the long run? We don't know what that journey is going to be like mm-hmm. to get there, but mm-hmm. we knew what the end point was going to be. And so really bringing the right voices together with the right experiences to and be willing to make that leap and say, all right, these are the folks that we need to talk to and open up different doors that maybe just as an individual I would have, I would have never known. I would have never had that exposure and that experience. Mm-hmm. And so, bringing the right voices together, the right folks with a passion for moving things in the right direction for the environment, for you know the economy, and for us as a, a civilization, as a society, mm-hmm. it, it's amazing that as you start talking about this idea, the circular economy idea, and what it could result in is it's really hard to find anybody that becomes a detractor. Mm. But you have to find that message that appeals to them. 
And I think that that's been extremely beneficial with uh, the Jacobs and the authority team is being willing to, you know, stretch a little bit and find what are those pieces that are going to resonate with the different stakeholders and make sure that they fit within the project. We're not selling our soul just to get something done, but is actually, you know, building upon and making it a stronger project. And so, you know, from that is, I would just recommend others, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to stretch. Don't be afraid to go outside the boundaries of what your normal industry is, because that's how you're going to make a change. Wise words, wise words. Well, Eric and Janet, I want to thank you both so much for joining me today. You know, the circular economy, it's really starting to take hold, I think, in a number of sectors. And you know, it's really interesting, obviously, with uh, waste management you know, what can be done and how we can really kind of transform that sector and ultimately transform, you know, our footprint on the environment and the impact in the, uh, the economy. So thank you both so much for your time today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks.